Hello, welcome to episode 23 of J. Flaunce's Ignorance. Today I'm speaking with the uh, Omaha Bug Symposium guys, Dave Crane and Andy Matz. If you're not familiar with the Omaha Bug Symposium, you really should check it out. They've got an event this weekend, July 21st. 2018 at Indian Cave State Park. They're going mothing. They're going to set up a big blight and gather all kinds of moths and other insects and take amazing photos and contribute to citizen science for tracking all these insects in Nebraska and submitting them to a national database. And they do these amazing live events where there's alcohol and bands and costume contests and all sorts of things. And I'm just, I've been to one event couple months ago and it was amazing and you should totally check it out so i've got all the links in the show notes look for them on facebook omaha bug symposium on facebook is a great place to find out when the stuff is happening and now we'll cut to the episode thanks for stopping by i love i love seeing um invertebrates with skeletons So it's this, always funny. Is this an anatomically correct sentence? <laughs> um, it's close. It's it's close. I think it's meant. It's definitely meant to be. A- Do you want a beer? Uh, I got some. Beer. I yeah. gotta drive to Des Moines in a couple hours here. I'm okay. Turn the game down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think the levels are too high. I'm not sure. Well, Just once we start and then, going, and then this is also stupid because. This makes a lot of mic noise. Mm. So okay. I should have flipped the table over, but I didn't think about it in time. So. Do you want a beer, <laughs> sir? Yes, absolutely. Okay, here's a talking juice. Here's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we so we've never done a podcast, but we've done um, the classical radio that's out of University of Nebraska several times. Yeah. KVNO, which was always really early in the morning, and uh, <laughs> did they let you drink? They don't. No, no. We take you, a shot in the car before we go in. You know, <laughs> the, fir, the first time, the first time it was, it was like, let's just take a shot and then go there. And then Dave's like, well, I gotta have a beer with my shot. And then we ended up having like two or three beers and a couple shots, and then went on the radio and killed it. So <laughs> gotta get loosened up a little bit. It, <laughs> it's early. I'm a service industry guy, so th- this is still morning for me. Dave's been awake for hours because he has a baby. Yeah, so oh. I mean, this is this is <laughs> prime drinking anymore? time for me. Yeah, he he finally does sleep throughout the night, so I'm exhausted for other reasons than sleep deprivation. Just oh. constantly taking care of the kid. Yeah, yeah. well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the number one rule of child rearing. Yeah, take care of it. It's supposed to stay alive. Take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting here with Dave Crane and Andy Matz of the Omaha Bug Symposium. And the way that I found out about this series of events is that a friend of mine said that, oh, yeah, I'm going out drinking tonight and there's a, a lecture being given by, by uh, entomologists. And I said, what? Because a lot of times when you go out drinking, the content of conversation is not terribly intellectually stimulating. And so I was fascinated by the concept that someone would actually give a lecture while drinking about something actually interesting and scientific. And I'm like, I have to go. So I went, this is a couple months ago and you had your uh, first ever, uh, uh, quiz night. The voice ah, of the bug, the uh, family the, uh, bug with your host, Steve Larvey. <laughs> yeah. I believe is what you're reaching for. Yeah. yeah. The bug game show night. It said, yes. <laughs> yeah. and I just, I had a blast. So I want to thank you guys so much for putting on stuff like that. I, there's so much stuffy academia and I was trying to be a bioinformatics student for a while. Ooh, and smart it's, guy. Well, it's rough. I tell you, it's a lot of times it's really hard to actually enjoy yourself while doing anything scientific at all. Mm-hmm. And so you, so up on the, just to set the stage for people who aren't aware of this series, 
you're you're giving slideshows, just incredible photography, and up on the the wall, you're zooming into these insanely high resolution. And I'm you know, so I'm half drunk maybe, and I'm like, holy crap, that one, that guy's got an amazing camera because you're kind of raw if you want to look at. Oh, it. did you? Okay. <laughs> we so need to take it out for a visual. I don't aid. know anything about photography, and you know, when we were doing the podcast, I'm like, oh man, I need the visuals, right? Like I have to do like a video cast or something, but I don't know if we want to link to images or something if you want to tell stories about specific insects, but 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 then i think you did like an hour maybe lecture on all these those photographs mm, and a short one dropping actually I, <laughs> i've only been at the one event so i don't know how it usually goes uh, it, it varies greatly yeah yeah we're pretty free wheeling up there you know you get you get me some beer and uh allow me to get up there and start talking about bugs it can take all night yeah <laughs> what uh just I don't know. I, I had a great time. So your next event is in, in Indian Cave yes. uh, next weekend, is that right? Yes. So Indian Cave State Park. That's correct. Yeah. So so we uh, typically our events involve you know going to a something like an art gallery or concert venue and giving lectures. There's drinking. There's art co- bug art contests, bug costume contests. There's live music in between the the lecture sets and entomophagy opportunities. Usually a Local brewery donates some kegs, so there's free beer, and we're all just kind of partying. Um, and so, <laughs> so what this, is an entomophagy? What would you say? Ent- oh, entomophagy opportunity. So entomophagy. Um, we, we put bugs into foods for people to, oh, yeah. to enjoy while we're talking about bugs all night long. Yeah. And so, nice. Uh, <laughs> I, see, I see you've got some uh, cricket, cricket powder there. Yeah. So, yeah. That, so that's the normal setup for the events. And so this one is... Pardon me. This one uh, does not have any of those uh, features. It's just us setting up a a moth trap, basically, and we're just going to have a moth night. So, like last last year, we had Omaha Moth Night, which was basically an Omaha Bug Symposium show, just themed around moths and the activity of mothing. And so, for this year's Omaha Moth Night, we're just going to go mothing. Yeah. So, what is mothing? Explain uh, this to someone who sure, doesn't know what sure. the moth. So, uh, <laughs> what does that mean? Well, this one, this is in conjunction with National Moth Week, uh, something that I have been involved with for a long time, since the very first one, actually. I was a student in Lincoln. My degree is in entomology from University, uh, University of Lincoln. You're environmental studies. Yep. With, and you but, know. I mean, functionally, an entomologist, you know. <laughs> At this point, yeah. Yeah, we, well, we could talk about that definition here in a little bit. Yeah. But um, the... The, the idea behind Moth Night is that we have ten times as many moths as we have butterflies. But we know where pretty much all the butterflies are at any given time. We know, like, for any state, wherever you live, you can look up a list of what butterflies are in your state. And it's going to be damn near complete at this point. Moths, there's so many where we have no fucking idea. We, there's just such a lack of data because not all of them are big and pretty like butterflies are. Many of them are even bigger and even prettier. But uh, the idea behind National Moth Week is that everybody who's into moths, which is a bigger subset of people than you would assume, because you can, it's a passive activity you can do at your house. It's like birding, but you see more than a couple species. You, and know, you don't bird. need to wake up early and be quiet. Yeah. No, it's great. It's, it's fantastic for us because, yeah, birding, you have to go out at 6 o'clock in the morning and there's... Always going to be people, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we do not like that. The mothing, much more fun. You set out, um, you you could do it at your porch light. 
We have a much higher powered light that we will bring. Uh, it is a metal halide bulb uh, that's 400 watts. Mm-hmm. Uh, also bringing another one too. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll see how we're gonna put pretty much turn on as much light as we can, and then you record every species that shows up. So the moths are attracted to the light, and they come in from mm-hmm. all yes. over. Yes, they're attracted to the light, and uh, the light is usually shining on a, a large sheet, and so they come to rest on the sheet, and that's where you can observe them. Yeah, oh, and okay. and you know it's it's referred to as mothing, but in all reality, I mean, you get dragonflies, damselflies, dobsonflies, beetles, caddis. I mean, you get a whole suite of uh, insects that are active at night, and so. But for some reason, I guess mothing is is the term that that caught on. You could you could go beetling. You could go yeah. Dobson flying. Yeah, usually usually we're beetling. I mean, I'm yeah. going to be looking at the beetles, cicadas, just as much as yeah. the moths. But the idea is that you get this massive. So the the goal of the first year was to have an event in every state, and the first year it was every state except for like Delaware or something random, and uh, we did it in Lincoln three years in a row with um, help from the students and uh, people at UNL. Now we're doing a very different thing, but you get this massive blast of data from all over the country. You get a snapshot, and it's international now, but you get a snapshot of what moths are out in that month of July, which there's a lots of moths out. So just, uh, and as a result, people generated all kinds of new state records and county records. It's, it's, it's excellent. It's citizen science at its absolute best. So usually we're, we're, uh, displaying the content that we generate doing these kind of activities, and so for this, yeah. for this, you know, official Omaha Bug Symposium event, we're taking folks out to to experience. Every other bugging. show, we bring the bugs to you. This time, we're bringing you to the bugs, right? <laughs> Instead of showing you just pictures of things that we found at Indian Cave, why don't you just come? We'll just do it live, yeah. Because yeah. we'll we'll talk. We'll talk just as much at this thing, even though it's not scripted. I mean, <laughs> well, I, yeah, it's uh, uh, all of the Omaha Bug Symposium stuff is pretty extemporaneous. But yeah, this yeah, there, there's no set lectures for this one. There's there aren't going to be any breaks for live music or or any kind of contest. Like yeah, this is just come out and see what we do. Yeah, <laughs> and see what shows up because Indian Cave is the mecca for for and Nebraska. You can really do no better because it's our little chunk of the eastern deciduous forest. It's our only real place where we can... There's so many things that you can get at Indian Cave. You look at any entomology any entomology text about uh, Nebraska insects, you've got so many species that just have two little dots, and those counties are Nemaha and Richardson, <clears throat> which means it's just Indian Cave. Yeah. And they don't go any farther. So you which can... Which is in Nemaha, Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, Nemaha, Schubert, some Fall City, that area down there. Is that because they're not there or nobody's seeing if they're there or not well both mainly probably because that is the habitat for those things there's certain trees and things that only are along the river but up the river up the river even farther there there are like patches of that vegetation still right along the river where there probably are some of these things too but indian cave is just so easy and fun to collect it's much easier to set up a light at this nice state park than it is to you know trek into some weird part of riverside you know where it might be farmland or something you know so yeah there probably is some bias but generally they're restricted to that that southeast corner so how how specific are you trying to get with your information like there's tens of thousands of species Mm -hmm. you might run into right yes so so you're out there at night 
Mm-hmm. And some of the differentiation between some of these species is tiny, right? Like, don't you need yes, like good light, for example, <laughs> to be able to see what the hell's going on, and like a lot of reference material? Or how how do you actually do it? Well, um, I the plan is to take pictures of every single moth that shows up and hope that we can get there uh, in post. You know, <laughs> like I I don't believe that we are going to be able to identify everything. To spe- I, I'll guarantee you right now that I will not be able to get to get everything down to species at the light. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there, there's a term um, that's used to refer to a certain certain subset of moths, and it's it's just it's just a descriptive term. It's not taxonomic at all, but it's it's micro moth. And so a lot of the moths that that you'll see that come to the light are going to be just the large moths that are going to be easy to, to identify. But a micro moth is basically just something that's smaller than this. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's our, it's like an, like smaller than an inch or, you know, uh, three quarters of an inch. Like that's basically what makes a micro moth. And some of those are the size of, you know, a, a, a leaf hopper that's a couple of millimeters long. And so yeah. uh, that's where photography comes into help. And, Especially and, with having a microscope. For a lens like yeah. Dave has, yeah. Oh, you're trying to you're you're getting macro shots. Oh, to, oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So oh, okay. I mean, I have, I I have a, a pretty awesome flash setup that uh, it's it's not a ring flash, but you attach um, this 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 thing that, that clips onto the end of the lens, and it's got two little mini speed lights basically that you can move all around <clears throat> uh, the lens and kind of so, point so the moth is trapped out. in there. Like it's like a cup. Well, no, no, no. I, I can oh. just I can just approach it. Okay. And take a photo of it, like I would take a photo of anything else. And, and mods stick. They stick with you. So much. they so so the the idea of of the light and the sheet is they're attracted to the light, but they rest on the sheet, and so the sheet is where you can uh, observe them. And, and getting two inches from them with a camera does the same thing. Way closer than that. They're, I mean, oh. pretty, almost <laughs> touching them. Oh. Really? They're, you know, they're cooperative subjects compared so to moths, other things. I mean, so you know, I guess. Uh, so like the light, the idea of, of using a light is it, it completely disrupts all biological functions that a moth normally would would want to would want to do when they when they see something like a 400 watt metal halide light bulb shining in the darkness, they will just come to it. They don't care about eating or mating or doing anything else. They'll come to it, and you know they moths are nocturnal, but um, you know, for the most part, invertebrates, you know, they're, they're cold-blooded. They need, to, they, need, they need something to warm them up to give them energy to fly. So a lot of the times when, when like, the bigger moths, like the, like the imperial moth, come to the light, they'll find the light, they'll come to it, but then they need to kind of, uh, the, the term is, sh- is shiver. They need to kind of shiver and kind of warm themselves up before they can get up and fly again. And so that's a great time to just sit and just take a ton of photos of them. Because so, they're, so they're pretty much immobile. Evolutionarily speaking, they're attracted to light because they consider it an energy source. They they think. It's well, a... no, no, that that's no that that's not true. Um, it's 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 kind. I, I don't know if like there's there's a, a definite answer or if people have have fully figured out why they're attracted to light. But uh, you know, a lot of insects use like a lot of diurnal uh, daytime bugs use the sun for navigation and you would assume that a lot of nocturnal insects use the moon for navigation. And oh. so I think they're the nocturnal bugs are primed to to locate the only thing that's shining I mean before, you know, humans developed electricity, the only light in the sky at night was the moon. And so I, I that's kind of the most tenable explanation for why nocturnal insects and vertebrates 
are attracted to lights because it's it's maybe they're 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 using the moon as a navigational guide and if there's this big fucking light they'll just they'll 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 be distracted by that and they'll they'll fly you know normally it's it's a stationary point so you have this big light they'll just fly right to it and they get confused and well, stay there if you're always <laughs> flying towards the moon that's not a very good navigational system right well <laughs> not not necessarily towards the moon but you you know it's i i think yeah it's it's kind of like dung beetles how dung beetles can can use the sun to find their their hole have you asked the moths why they do this see that, see if we could they'd probably say I don't fucking know. Why are you putting lights on me? Yeah, I like they, the moon. They what the fuck were... are you doing? I, I was following that pretty girl over there, and all of a sudden this fucking light came on, and now I can't bang well, or eat or do anything. What the hell? That, that's the, that's the, I'll show you the light. I'll, I'll, I'll assemble the camera as we're talking. Yeah, and I'll speak to the light thing just a little bit. I think um, I think they have to have... Works. It's so easy to anthropomorphize with insects, but Let's keep in mind they, they have like t- just a few things that that they're that they're thinking about. And when they're adults, basically they're just thinking about mating. So many of these things are only alive for a couple days, a week, and they n- need to maximize their chances of running into a mate. And if every one of them is programmed to follow light or to go to an area where there is light. Then they have a very good chance of meeting up with each other. Flying around blind in the dark, they don't. Uh, yeah, well, so. and it's not like naturally they would use a light source to find a mate. They would use pheromones. Well, pheromones, yeah. Moths. A- a- yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, are, I guess, are you, are you saying that... that they're learning to adapt. No, I don't think they're. I don't think they're learning. Okay. No, I don't think they're okay. learning to adapt. But I think once a few females <laughs> show up, they start. Well, that's to... where that's where the pheromone source is for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so Dave is assembling a very impressive camera rig. <laughs> this so is what I have here is my. Machine. So we we're, we're talking a lot about. Well, you're 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 talking a lot about um, taking photos of these things, and so yeah. I, I I wanted to assemble this just to illustrate how. How I take photos of these moths—they um, don't need to be captured in any way. They're just doing what they do. They—they they land by a, you know, like like when we're at Indian Cave, either they come to our sheet, or when we're driving around and we go to the outhouse and we find, you know, there's one light bulb and there's a couple Luna moths around it, or there's a cool caterpillar in the bushes. I can go up to them with my camera, as anybody would with any camera. So I, I don't need to capture them. But what I have here, I'll describe. Yeah, that's not just my, any camera. My shitty uh, Canon Rebel T2i body. Um, it's a piece of crap. It's cheap. It's the first DSLR body that I've ever purchased, and um, you know. But it's 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 not about the body. It's about the glass. And the glass that I have here, the lens that I'm using, I typically use is the Canon MPE 65 millimeter lens. That for for any any photography uh, inclined folks out there, begins at a one to one magnification. A lot of a lot of uh, macro lenses, their their focal range is from infinity to one to one. So this starts at one to one and goes to five to one. So basically, one to one means um, if I were to take a photo of this coaster here, or what's something that's tiny? I was gonna say a poker chip. You got a poker chip around here. Yeah. So if I were to take a photo of a poker chip, oh. of a of a Lego block, <laughs> if I were to take a photo of a Lego block. Uh, one to one means it would be the exact size that it is on the camera sensor. That's one to one. Okay. And so five to one means this would be five times as big as it is in real life at the, the normal size of the sensor. Okay. And so that's 
It's basically so the MPE sixty five millimeter lens is basically just a a uh, sophisticated bellows system. So normally you'd have like like back in the day you'd have this kind of squishable bellows system or, or device that you could ex extend and, and contract. This uses a nice slide feature to go from one. One to one, two to one, three to one, four to one, and then five to one. And wow. so basically that's five times the size of what it really is in real life. So if you're looking at a ladybug, it probably fills the entire frame, the entire sensor at two to one. You go to five to one, you're taking a picture of its compound eyes, the details of its compound eyes. So that's how you get a lot of the detailed shots that... that uh, you know, the high-definition shots that we show at the show. So this lens has about a six-inch movement, it looks like. It, it's a serious-looking zoom lens. It's bigger than a bottle of beer. <laughs> <laughs> you would, like, you, you normally least... see this kind of stuff in, like, sports photography is what I think of. Oh, goodness. So but so that's that's when you're talking about, like, the that, 200, right? 300, 400 millimeter lenses. Right. This is nowhere near that, but yeah. it's as big as that. Right. <laughs> it gets as big as that. Right. It's Yeah. Um, and then so the flash is the... Um, the Canon Macro Twin Light MT-24EX. And so uh, that is a twin light flash. There's an adapter that goes on to the end of most lenses. It was designed specifically for this lens, as a matter of fact. Um, because when you're shooting with this much distance from the object to the camera, there's a whole lot of light loss in there, you, as you can imagine. Not a lot of light gets through you know, fucking eight inches of lens. <laughs> so, and so this is these are these are two little mini speed lights, two mini flashes that, that connect and so you can you can swivel the adapter around, you can move them around and oh, nice. uh, you know three sixty degrees around the lens and then you can also twist their heads in and out. You can also twist the heads Back and forth so, like so to try to describe this, it's maybe 18 inches long when it's fully zoomed out, and the lights, unlike any other photography system you've ever seen, the lights are actually on the end of the lens, and there's two of them, and they're currently in like a 10 and 3 position, and so kind of at the end, the, yeah, the, the lights are on, basically, the bug, or close to it. They're and depending on how, on how zoomed out it needs to be, so like when it's 5 to 1... I'll orient the flashes to be pointing very close to the subject. When I'm at one to one, two to one, three to one, I I just it's kind of a uh, I, I I orient the the head the flash heads away from the subject. The is closer it, I am to one to one. Is this doing what other flashes do, where it like flashes once to get a light rating and then no, flashes for no, real? it does not do okay. that. No, it's a single. I mean, most most. Uh, most flashes these days have have just like an auto, or, or actually the body has an automatic metering. Oh, okay. And so, um, but I I only shoot manual. I you know a lot of people are afraid to shoot manual. I just when I finally went from a point and shoot camera to this thing, I just spent you know like three hours a day on YouTube for a couple weeks on the weekends, uh, learning how to use the manual setting, and that you know that's. You take a photo. Oh shit, that's not right. You adjust the ISO. You adjust the flash, and you just you go from there. So it's it's using the manual setting is pretty intuitive to me as far as metering goes. As far as huh. you know, like like you said, like getting a flash to see what it looks like, and then so I, I I recommend everybody just learn how to use manual if you're doing macro photography because you need to do it. Yeah, that is really <laughs> cool. I've never seen a rig like that. That is really really neat. It helps to have steady hands. 
too. Steady hands. I, don't, I, I think I think even with all of your knowledge, me taking the same photo with your rig, <laughs> not gonna look good. And I'll tell I you just what, don't, I don't have I don't have steady hands. When, when I'm when I'm down. full microscopic mode at at five times magnification, it can be a chore to find the object in the viewfinder <laughs> if yeah. you're shooting in situ, if you're shooting in the field. Um, I'll just I'll just mention here that uh, another. Uh, so I, I I I was always very much about um, shooting in the field and shooting bugs in their natural habitat. However, um, I have picked up a device that it basically basically resulted in me having a, a macro photography studio in my basement, and that it it's it's called a a um, like a it it's focus stacker a focus like a a, a focus rail. Mm, so yeah, that's an even crazier rig than what you. So have right I put I put my camera on the on this thing called the Stack Shot, which is the name of the device, and it moves in one uh, as, as small as one micrometer increment at a time. Micrometer. Yes. 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 What? One, one thousandth of a of a meter <laughs> at a time, and um, so like one thing about macro photography is that the depth of field is very narrow, and so. Uh, you can you can adjust settings on your camera to to make more of the subject in focus. So the depth of field means what's in focus. So like if I took a photo of a Lego block at aperture setting f f two point eight, there'd be there would be a sli- a a fraction of a millimeter width sliver that's actually in focus. If I go to f thirty two, most of the blocks in focus, but it's a little um, it's a little blurry. So what this device does is it, it moves the camera back and forth and it takes up to, you know, several hundred photos of the same Lego block until it has that little fraction of a micro of a, of a millimeter depth of field that covers all of the Lego block. And then you run that through, um, computer program that splices all those together. And the result is like this Un, unnaturally in focus tiny object and so that's another thing that I use this camera for it's for focus stacking which so is the next step is a scanning electron microscope is it yes and I've I've looked up how to rent that out uh, rent you know how to how to rent time at the UNO studio they at the dentistry studio that they have for that and uh, it's expensive but it, it might be nice to do oh look <laughs> It's more carbon atoms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had uh, my my wife's cousin was going to dentistry school, and he was doing that for a while. And just I, we we had every plan to to uh, have me come in and, and coat a bug and scan it, but that just coat that it? Never happened. What does coat mean? Oh, well, you you know to to use a scanning electron microscope, you have to coat it in uh, metal. Oh, I was like joking. A splatter of You're metal. not joking. No, 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 no not at all. No, no we've, ta- we've talked about that. Before. <laughs> okay. No, um, no, no. We, I'd like to do it. Um, okay. I just need, I need a new dentist friend, basically. <laughs> so he's yeah. going to to Creighton for dental school. What? Why do dentists need scanning electron microscopes? Well, it's one of the classes that they do at Creighton, at least. And I guess, um, I don't think they actually do it with teeth, but it's, yeah. Why the fuck do they? Do that? <laughs> no, I. They do. Never, they do do it with teeth. Okay, I think like, I think they do it with science research. I, I do it with te- they do it with teeth. I think I I I mean okay. So my dad is a dentist. Yeah, 
We should have. Speaking of dentists. Yeah. Okay. You should borrow his scanner. He doesn't. Oh. Yeah, that is. He doesn't not, have one of those, but he has a 3D scanner and he, printer. He does. Because. Yeah. Yeah. He'll, he can mill. He can mill teeth on site. Crowns. Yeah. Well, fa- yeah. He can. It, and implants. Implants. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. Where were, we, where were we going with that? Where weren't we going with that? Well, scan, we wanted to go scan your electron microscope. Well, yeah, we're going to talk. But yeah, we, we got we to well, figure out how to do that. So when that's too low res, then you go atomic force microscopy, right? Isn't that the next one? I, I mean, atomic force sounds like something that an insect's not going to be able to withstand. I do not know atomic <laughs> force microscopy. No, yeah, what the fuck is that? Or you could just call, uh, call into Marvel Studios and get the next Ant-Man uh, mm. suit. Right. Dude, I would. That would be amazing. If I could shrink this camera down and use it to take photos of bugs while I was the size of a bug, I could get some real details. Although, again, yeah, I don't know if photons could get those, could get the resolution that I'm interested in. Well, well if you had that small. suit, you'd want an IMAX camera with you, right? That would I need, be I awesome. Need, I need like a Hasselblad version awesome or something like that. I'd need a lot of megapixels. <laughs> I, but yeah. photons are only good for so many megapixels. Yeah, you eventually start needing to use electrons. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we got to figure out how to get a scanning electron microscope. It's not, so, it's not something that, you, that a, a, a person would own. But, oh yeah, I remember what I was going to say. I grew up, my dad is a dentist, my uh, whole life... The the reading material in the bathroom when you were taking a dump was just uh, dental journals and all those pictures of teeth and like the ridges on on molars and stuff were all scanning electron and like microscope. scratches from just day to day use over the years. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, plaque not... build up. Oh, I'd yeah. love to see that. That look pretty. Cool. Well, there's no shortage of them <laughs> in the bathroom at my parents' house. So now you know. Now I have a reason to go there. Yeah, there you go. Well, they have a pool too. And my dad brews beer, so as long as we can put the light up in the backyard too. You got the inside scoop. Dentistry is a scam, right? We could be pasting something in there, and no cavities for the rest of your life. Uh, no idea. No, no idea. Uh, (laughs) I had, I had growing up zero interest (laughs) in dentistry. Um, just not my thing. I don't know. Did I remember my grandpa was like. You want to study bugs? Why don't you go into dentistry and uh, take over your dad's business? I'm like, I can't, Grandpa. My heart's not in it. And he said, You think my heart was in laying concrete? <laughs> I'm like, Well, you know, when you have eleven kids, you cannot uh, really be as choosy. If I had even if I had even one kid, I'd probably put my application in at Terminix. You know, I mean, or something like that. You know, but I don't have a kid right now, so I doing what i wanted to well, i'm really excited for this bug night that i just went to an owl uh, prowl uh thing out in wabonzi it, state park ooh. oh wabonzi oh i fucking love wabonzi what too. a beautiful park oh the good, good mods there oh yes yes well i i can only imagine yeah, yeah. I, no i've been bugging at uh wabonzi several times so how was the moth or how was the owl night out there the owl thing was wicked awesome so i was early i didn't know i was then i was the only one there and i'm like oh i guess it's me and the owl lady and then <laughs> that's a good seventy kids good showed have. up. Seventy kids showed up with their parents and stuff, and they are loud and rambunctious. And I'm going, there is no way this is going to work. There's no way we're going to see a single owl because all these kids are arguing and they're shuffling their feet all over the place. And we get we get skidded out there finally. You know, we get skidded out there about fifty meters, and they're playing the owl calls on the Bluetooth speaker out there. And I'm like, there's no way. And I'll be damned. Four of them immediately. Nah. 
sorry, three, three uh, uh, barred. Owls. I was I was gonna say ooh, ooh, barred ooh, owls. Yeah. They sound like howler monkeys. It was so cool. They're kind of freaky. Yeah. Sometimes in the summer, my wife and I will will leave the window open in our in our uh, bedroom, and it just sounds like a a screeching howler monkey outside our window because we have we have uh, barred owls in our neighborhood, and they are. They just sound creepy. I love it. Yeah. I love them. Screechy. <laughs> I think that's the barn owl. Well, the, they're like the barn owl. So the barn owl's like, ooh, ooh, ah, 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 ah. Oh, oh see, I love it. Oh, I love a barn owl. When I think of a barn owl, I think of the ooh, 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 no, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, that's, gets, that's their call. That's it the gets to the Oh, it's crazy! It's like a screaming monkey. It's like a howling monkey. Well, if you, if you like oh, owls, Indian, Indian Cave, no shortage. I, <laughs> I I think like ten species or something. Another thing about Indian Cave that I really appreciated is that. So the last time we were there, last year, well, okay, last time I was there, because you've been there. I've been there times a bunch already. Yeah, this year already, and that, which yeah, I've had trouble getting out of the house, which is fine, but it's all good. Um, it was a new moon. And so it was pitch fucking black, and there were like ten different species of uh, lightning bugs, you know, in mass. I mean, probably like tens of thousands of different uh, lightning bugs just all around, just lighting up everything. And that is, that is a, a, so like, it's going to be a full moon fucking, unfortunately, a week from now on July 21st. Yeah, not, not as ideal. Not as ideal for for anything that we're trying to do, but um, it, you know, I mean, we're gonna. It's pull. a new moon. You can see the fucking Milky Way. You can see everything. Which it's really, it's a goddamn shame that I'm impressed that I have to go somewhere that I can see the Milky Way. It's it's unfortunate that we can't just see it everywhere. But that notwithstanding, I really like the the showcase of lightning bugs out at a place like mm-hmm. Indian Cave. It is just remarkable. All like. Ten different kinds of patterns going all at once, and true, it's just it. It just fills it fills the ground. <laughs> I don't want to say the sky; yeah. they're kind of like tree leveling down, and just it is. It's one of the, just the most like when we turn the light off, and we just kind of let our, let our eyes adjust. It's 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 a remarkable place to be. I really like it. Yeah, my favorite. I do turn the light on in my backyard, in my driveway. I'm surprised that no neighbor has ever complained to me about it. Because, it, it, like, at midnight, it looks like, like, I, I go into certain rooms in my house, it looks like it's noon. <laughs> it just, it yeah. lights up so much, even just with the light being outside. So, you can use the light uh, anywhere that you want. We kind of yeah, about I mean, yeah, you'll, you'll get, you'll get... It's a bright light. You'll get bugs in the middle of the city. I mean, we've turned on the light at our shows before. And I've I've got something that I thought was a county record in Douglas County, uh, a very odd, very kind of exotic moth that came to my driveway. Um, turns out it wasn't. It mm. was the... Uh, wow, fuck. I can't remember what it is. It looks like a violin. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, don't, rem- I don't remember you telling me what it was. But you can I showed get, it at last year's Moth Night. You can I've get, already forgot the name of you it. You can get county records. <laughs> Easy. I mean, it's amazing. I, I had some friends that were just doing a survey at Fontenelle Forest and got a state record on a moth. And then they found it again. So, like, you think maybe a state record is something that just, like, happened to flutter into past the state line or something? No, there's all kinds of records out there for you to grab. 
And now you can because people are still discovering new species. It's not like they just turned into a new species. Oh, just go to, go to any major university with an insect collection, and they will show you at least one drawer full of things that are undescribed species. People just haven't not come across it yet. People haven't cared enough to yeah describe it yet. It's all. I mean, it's, it's they'll pull out a drawer. It's money. And they'll say, it's oh, money. By the way, none of this is. Oh yeah. sure enough, like yeah. we don't know what species these are. Um, maybe they're they're ones that are already in the catalog. Maybe they're brand new ones that haven't been described. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's no it, common it's name. A, they only have a they only have a genus and a species that you get to make up. Yeah, waiting for the right name. grad students to just come yeah, in and because like like you were you talking can't about just pull money down out of the air to do things is like we're going to talk about this moth. It's totally inconsequential to everyday life. It's not an economic pest. It's not, it's, you know, it's something that you're never going to see. I've collected 10 of them. <laughs> I know it's a new species, but time's money, you know? And you got to dissect out the genitalia. Yeah, like, like you were saying, it's, it's that's hard. That's how you describe a new species. It's you hard to identify to the that. different species that might come to the sheet. Yeah, you, you'd need to look at their genitalia under a microscope. Because sometimes that's the only way that you can tell the difference between a species. Absolutely. Is by looking at how the parts fit together. Locked and that's key. the only way that they know. If they've found the right yeah. species. Oh, yeah. Is it, oh, yeah. my part doesn't work? All right. Sorry. Yeah. My key doesn't fit on. in this lock. I'm going to try this one. Yeah. Well, I need to find Zool. The right Zool. <laughs> it's, it's like that. Are you a gatekeeper? I don't know. Stick it in. Let's see. There is no Dana. Well, trial and error never sounds so appealing to me. So yeah. Oh, uh, it gets way grosser than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You yes. get into pupil rape and all that. Yeah, yeah. You gave, you gave a talk about... Um, I did that uh, one, yeah, didn't I? Sperm competition. Sperm competition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of the shows. Yeah, if I had an <laughs> unlimited amount of time and money, I would study that. I would. I, I would. It's super interesting, especially with Odinates, dragonflies, damselflies. They have some very interesting parts of their body to pump, scoop, scrape out other male semen and put their own in. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. And the female's body is kind of made to allow that to happen, too, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like in some bed bugs, they just stab wherever. They don't even look for a genital opening. They'll just stab you right in the middle of your side and squirt, <laughs> and squirt their stuff and right inside of you. And the sperm finds its way to the egg. And bed bugs have <laughs> adapted to heal what would normally be for any other insect a fatal wound. <laughs> you know? it's uh, Yeah, so that was... That's a, it's a fantastic. And the topic. sperm finds its way to the eggs. It does. Totally. It does. Yes. Well, it you wanders think, around in the internal organs, and that's kind of how everything travels in an insect body. You know, like an insect is kind of like an open. Like there are vessels and they things, don't have but, blood. They have hemolymph. Yeah, and it just coats all the organs and everything on the. It's just an open cavity, basically. Yes. Yeah, they don't have blood vessels. It's just an open. Well, the reproductive organs are discrete, right? From. Uh, they're usually on the abdomen. That's kind of one of the only requirements for an yeah. insect. So if it, if it, it's at the end of the abdomen. If it gets that stab, there are if exceptions. it stabs its penis anywhere near there, uh, chances are it's 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 gonna it's the sperm are gonna make it there. It's crazy. It does not happen that way with every insect, but uh, it happens that way with bed bugs, and it's called yeah. traumatic insemination. <laughs> I love it. Traumatic insemination is also the name of our new EP. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was worried at first when you said it, it doesn't matter about where they put it in you. I thought you were talking about me. I thought oh, yeah. Bed bugs were insane. No, they just want to. I'm not aware that that's a thing. No, it's bite, not a thing. No, they'll bite you, though. 
That's all they want to do to you. Heaven forbid. You don't have bed bugs there, do you? Not that I know of. Okay, good. Did you bring them with you? No. <laughs> no, no. We brought all kinds of other bugs with us. No, I'm just kidding. I almost brought some bugs here. I have some bugs in vials. So, like, uh, Andy is the guy that likes to collect bugs. I take photos of bugs. I Because I have this extreme focus stacking, macro focus stacking setup uh, in my studio now, I've started to allow myself to amass a couple interesting bugs here and there. And I almost brought some. Dead bugs. Dead mean. bugs. Dead bugs. Yeah, correct. Um, because that's you need them to be still when you're taking hundreds of photos of them at mm-hmm. a time over the course of 45 minutes. <laughs> well, <laughs> and the, the, I collect because that's what, I mean, I went to school for entomology. You know, like you're the, the without a doubt, the most time intensive, work intensive thing that I ever did all through my whole time at college was putting together my the higher level insect collection for uh, one of my one of my upper level entomology classes it was 65 different families of insects um all pinned up in a drawer and uh you were being evaluated very you know on your on your identification first of all but then also on your preparation of the specimen and uh, when i first started doing it i realized that i loved doing it it's like taxidermy and it, it also you know kind of like scratches that pokemon compulsive pokemon <laughs> collecting itch that i can tell you right now i definitely still have because i still play pokemon go it's the it's it's the kind of thing it's like it's like there are six species of stag beetles in the state of nebraska and i, ha- I have encountered five of them this year which i should be really happy about and i am real pissed about number six even though number six is t- teeny tiny and really boring looking and probably the most boring of all the f- all the six, really wish I would have uh, encountered all six this year. You know, that kind of compulsive nature. Uh, it's something about collecting insects. They're still next week. But it's not out. It's not out. Ah, no. shit. It, actually, that'd be very impressive if it was. So, so you guys are collecting a, an ex, like an ex, a spreadsheet or something and then sending them to someone to find out that if you want to claim yes. one of these state records you were talking yes. about. Yes. And we, then do they have to like verify that, hey, you know what you're talking about based on what photos that you took? I mean, there's yeah. systems. There, there are databases set up right now. Yeah. Um, we'll want, want to plug, general want and to plug a couple ones? of our favorites. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, BioQuip. Or by, not bio, by, uh, bug guide. Sorry, <laughs> bioquip bio is where you buy all of your insect your collecting <laughs> equipment, nets and whatnot. Uh, good beer. What's the what's the ABV on this one? High enough for me. High enough for me to get that wrong. Um, <laughs> bug guide was started uh, out of Iowa State. It's a fantastic website where you can anybody can it's take a picture of an insect. Amazing. Take a picture of an insect. You can put it on there not knowing what it is at all. You can put it on there saying, I know it's a beetle, and put it in the beetle section. And they have myriad experts that just comb through all the new uh, submissions, and they will now identify Now move that species to the species page, or the genus, if they can't go all the way to species. You say, hey, I need an ID on this beetle. Uh, a lot of times, and these are working entomologists like university professors and stuff that do this they love it it's a blast because it also gives them data yeah yeah. it's like oh well not only is it this species i didn't realize that species was out at this time in your area you know so bug guide is a great one uh is a great amateur's website and believe me when i say like insect collecting 
sounds terrible to some people, but the everything we know about insects is built upon the the efforts of collectors and amateurs. Can I it just is. say this? I have no clue where my bottle opener went. Oh, I, in my <laughs> lighter. Oh, I. I what I, the fuck happened to my fucking bottle opener? You have not moved this whole I, time. I haven't moved, and I've opened two beers. Uh, another moth. Thank you for crying out loud. Uh, Thanks, Jay. A moth-centric yeah. version of that uh, is out of <laughs> Michigan State, I believe, University. I could be, or no, Mississippi State. I like. I like. Here's here's what I like about Bug Guide. I mean, okay. you type in like, "What's this bug?" I'm like, "Or what bug is this?" Bug Guide pops up. Before anything else does. And if you upload... Here's what I like about that site the most. Well, maybe not the most, but I love... I, I, I find it very charming. If you upload a shot that is just bullshit, it's out of focus, you, you, you basically took a photo of it with a potato or a microwave, uh, or it just... It's, it, it doesn't show what it needs to, to for proper identification. They put it into the frass category, yeah. which frass is... The term for bug shit, basically, like, yeah. like I think specifically bugs that are like that bore through wood, and they they poop out the wood as they make their hole, and then their their fucking tunnels filled with poop, frass is filled with wood poop, and uh, I just I I find that hilarious that they just like <laughs> nope frass this photo fucking sucks upload a new one yep. if you want to so identify in, this in out out of focus <laughs> out of focus. Uh, photo of an insect i mean like just you you can't some insects are like like we were saying earlier like even with the best photo ever you need to have the voucher specimen because you might need to uh, take a look at some very serious internal details like but i'll be honest we're like for our for our event uh for our omaha moth night event at indian cave this year we're the emphasis isn't gonna be on full-on bio blitz, making sure that we have species records, handing out data sheets to everybody, you know, like teaching them how to identify families and, and species and genies. And uh, we're, we're just out there to have fucking fun and drink some goddamn beer and stare at bugs till like 4 o'clock in the morning. That's the main thing that we want to have happen. True. And if people are knowledgeable enough to fill out data sheets, if they're... I mean, if, if they're sitting there we'll on their phone trying to ID stuff, we'll be recording stuff, and we'll be, you know, uh, Nebraska Game of Parks is is uh, really excited to be involved in this as well. So they they probably are going to have some folks out there, and we're really like we don't we don't take our our shows super seriously in that if you're talking during a lecture or if you if you want to ask a question, we're going to say shut up. This is a very rigid process that we're doing here. No, like we're we're here to have fun. Mm. We're here to drink beer, talk about bugs, talk to you about bugs, show you some fun shit. You know, maybe things that are gonna be completely different than we expected them to be. And uh but but the cool thing about the moth night is it's not any of that stuff. It's just going out and looking at moths on a sheet and it's and we're just gonna be we're just gonna have a lot of fun. Yeah. And you're gonna camp out. Yeah. Whoever attends. We're gonna camp out we're gonna do a day hike, so that means like fuck, dude. We might find snakes. We might have our butterfly nets and go look for butterflies. We'll find some fucking ichneumon wasps, hopefully of the genus Megariza, which I always freak out about. Yeah, and we're gonna find a lot of fun stuff during the day. And we're gonna drink a lot of beer. We're gonna drink a lot of water. 
especially for the kids. I th- people might actually bring their kids to this thing. I know of some. But then, but then at night, it, we're just gonna be driving around from spot to spot at the cave, at the lookout, over here by the port potties, and we're just. Uh, yeah, it's amazing about? what you find at the bathrooms. Yeah. Yes, because they have a light bulb, and yeah. it's in the middle of an amazing state park. It that really has is an amazing state park. bugs all over the place and. Un- unfettered and access too. to habitat for species that used to be here before their shit was all fucked up, if yeah. you will. Before we replaced it all with corn and soybeans. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next one you have, I'm there for a week in my RV for sure. I, I'm scuba dude. diving this that the weekend. Next weekend, I'm in Milwaukee scuba diving. Unfortunately. Whoa! So I'll That's just let you cool. know if I find any Milwaukee's pretty fun. A hundred feet below the surface of Lake Michigan, but. Oh, uh, you get a paper. You get a paper out of that one, Jay. <laughs> can, I, can I take Maybe some yours out of the rounds. car and plant them down there? Yeah, I mean, like, hey, I don't know. There are there there are some aquatic moths with impressively long butt snorkels, uh, but most of the time, moth, swamp swamp caterpillars. Swamp caterpillars. Yeah. I don't know what you tiger moths. They usually they usually tiger moths, right? Yeah, that's 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 your department. Wetlands. Wait, so the, Wait, these are flying moths? No. That have butt snorkels? Oh, uh, oh they're larvae. Be larvae. Oh, okay. The caterpillar version okay. of the adults. Yeah. I've never encountered them. So. And those aren't very deep, right? Those are no. pretty surface. No, they things. would be yeah. right below the surface. Yeah, water pressure does not affect them. <laughs> but yeah, most of the time you're not going to But you're, you're talking about Pokemon Go, and I, <clears throat> it, I was wondering, like, the gamification of this stuff? Like... If if there are ways that people can Holy. know things, right, like and get points in some Dude. kind of system where they go and do this, maybe that would draw and get. I did a, I did an episode on Pokemon Go. It just blew my mind that you know grandmas and little kids and grandpas were out doing massive amounts of exercise when oh, yeah. Pokemon Go came out, and it just blew my mind that it was like transformational that someone invented a piece of software. It got distributed to eighty million devices like the first three weeks or whatever i mean it's nuts it became the number one game mm-hmm. on the planet like overnight and i'm thinking as a software distribution methodology that's just insane so if you gamify moth night somehow like i so i don't know what the barriers that are like yeah. people don't know what they're looking at but they can take pictures they got their phone anyway it's shitty pictures so there there's lots of people that are halfway there <laughs> i think I think there are people that are already there because there are many, many, many apps in development. iNaturalist is the main one for like yeah. BioBlitz and Moth Nights. Like people, people take photos with their phone and upload it to this iNaturalist uh, app, and that that puts that you know snapshot in time, place, location. Mm-hmm. Is it, that quality good enough to be useful for actual scientists? I think uh, it as can long, be as long as you can attribute the. At least, like a genus or species level, um, it it gets put on record, and and there, I, as far as I know, there, there's probably some amount of QC on iNaturalist. Sure, I mean, it, I it, it gives you population data. You know, yeah. obviously, if you if you if you take a picture of something that's undescribed, you're not going to be able to to uh, describe the insect and get and get a paper out of it with a photo. If you take a photo of it, you, you upload have... it, and it's fucking, it's a bug. You know, it's it's. It's it's not like that's going to be filtered into someone who's trying to use the data um, yeah. for for. But we will purposes. we will be using. I mean, there are, there is already real science going on using crowdsourced data, and uh, I think that is the wave of the future, especially as the money for science continues to dwindle. And especially science- as like people that that upload stuff to Bug Guide, 
I mean, the guy, Jim Durbin, that runs that, well, no, he, he doesn't run that database. Mm-hmm. He has his own Iowa database no. of, Eric, of bugs. Eric, right? Is that, that the dude's name? Mm, I guess I don't know. I, I, I know this guy that... His name is Eric. Spends a lot of time cataloging, indexing uh, data entries mm-hmm. into this. And eventually that's going to be very useful data. Absolutely. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, is, it, it already is right now. But, uh, but Almost. Just the more you put into it, the more quality data you put into it, the better it's going to be. <sighs> my, If I were an app developer, I mean, I have, I have the yeah. app in my you head. You definitely have thought about this. Kind oh, of I've shit. thought about this. Many times. <laughs> Citizen Science. The bug, the, the game thing that you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, and We've talked about this before. Yeah. Mine is a kind of an idea like Kickstarter. Where if you're a scientist that could use lots of crowdsourced data, you you contact this app or this website, and then they will they will set it up for you. Where they you send people out like that want to join in on this project. It's like go take a picture of this type of tree every day, so this scientist can get a idea of when it's blooming, when, where. You know, something like that would be really hard for you to go out and find out, but if you had, like, an agent in every state that could just take a picture for you, something simple like that, it's amazing at how many things probably could not happen because they, it was just a logistics issue like that. So now that we're living in the information age where everybody has a very nice camera on them pretty much at all times... Especially for macro purposes, uh, an, an iPhone camera has an insane wide depth of field. Yeah. You can take a photo of a bug and it has like the whole thing in focus. It's it's what I've spent, you know, a lot of time and effort in now it's it it comes out a lot more high resolution with a stacking focus stacking uh, device and a DSLR. But your iPhone can take the photo yeah. of like a, a moth or a beetle and the whole thing is in focus. Yeah, I mean, like, if, if your project was you wanted to know when this beetle is emerging all over the country to see if it's, like, for instance, if that date is changing because of climate change, if that's real or not, who knows? Probably not. Global warming. I was hoping that that wouldn't come up this time. You, <laughs> you, you could source that. You could source that information by having people go out and look for it and take a picture with it with their phone, like Pokemon Go, right? Yeah, I'm always fascinated. You by get it. points. Like, any opportunity because people, you know, there's 10 billion hours going into World of Warcraft this week. Ah, it's crazy, God. right? Like if you can harness some of that idle human capacity. Yeah. for research purposes in some way and so when things like pokemon go happen it's you know that wasn't research but it's exercise i'm like holy crap they transformed lives oh people it, it's like i, 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 and, I shed all someone's my collecting data on that i mean it, it it is data collection on fake made up shit yeah yeah so, so there's, there's, paper, yeah. there's papers there's papers oh i oh we'll link to God. them in the description <laughs> i think i have them somewhere but um <laughs> The show notes are going to be long. Yeah, yeah, for sure, probably. I'm like, shoot, we got to do Bug Guide. We got to get a moth photographer's group is like Bug Guide, but for moths only. That's a great one. And, those... and that's the other place that I found um, that fiddle weird moth. Uh, that would be where? On the internet. That the only where? place I could find that there was a Douglas County record of it. Which is kind of interesting. I don't know if I believe it. I think I was the first one to find it in our county. Well, but show me the name of the person and all. I, I mean, I gotta believe whoever took that photo and uploaded it there is probably somebody that I've run across. 
before. So. And why don't they come to our shows and hang out with us? I don't Maybe know. Maybe they do. What was the name on it? That's a good question. Okay. <laughs> you know, I feel like small, our small our events should attract more entomology people, more more entomologists in the Omaha area, Omaha Lincoln. Like, I just feel like they're in Lincoln. They're in Lincoln, and uh, we we don't get a lot of like the only entomologists that uh, we have coming up to us is what's what's his what's his maybe we shouldn't say his name on the podcast because we don't have a Ooh. release form. The guy that works for Terminex. <laughs> So much Who paper. works for Terminal? Or Orkin? Who works for Orkin? You know, the, the super enthusiastic dude. I don't even... Okay. Yeah! Oh, okay. You know, like, he's the only guy that's even remotely involved in entomology that has that approached our show. I did not know that he worked. He works for a pest control agency. Oh, okay. Yes, he does. And it's just like, for fuck's sake, how does the Omaha Bug Symposium not attract people that are entomologically inclined? I mean, I think... It's it, kind it, of fucking it, interesting. I mean, like, you found out about it, Jay... From a buddy of yours that that is kind of in the scene of hanging out <laughs> with, drinking. hanging out with drinking and like going to cool shows, yeah, going yeah. you know going to live music oh, and anything. hanging out in Benson or hanging out and actually I think she she definitely she put a, a piece in, um, Kayla fucking improv it, <laughs> Carla, shout out Kayla, Kayla, Kayla. fuck, I gotta write the first time, <laughs> she's rad. You know, she had a she had an art piece at the place that uh, at at our show at Outer Spaces, and like you know, wait, she does art? I didn't know she created. Didn't art. she? Did she or didn't she? I I I don't know. Oh fuck. Oh oh. I thought so. The fact checkers are gonna have a field she day. Might, she, yeah, please do, please do. <laughs> but just like yeah, there's people that are into like cool art, music. Yeah. Not so much the fucking bugs. Well, I mean, not that so is, much the bugs, man. That people, is kind of what we people do, come to it. Like there was a guy, though. There was you a guy. Know, like, there was a guy we are purposely yeah, yeah. outside of that realm. We are, we are. But I, I'm, I'm surprised. And there's not a lot of them. No, there's well, not a lot. I mean, if you think that there's like a bunch of, we animals. found Regan. Found Regan. We yeah. got Regan to fucking come on in. He loves bugs. He makes three prints of bugs. He yeah. taxidermies mantids. He's a cool dude. Regan is hardcore. He's like the Reagan. only entomologist that we've attracted by this event, I feel like. Like, last last time we were at our spaces, mm. there was a guy that heard us on the radio, and he was like, it sounds like sounds like you guys are into, like, environmental activism, like, kind of like, fuck Trump, man. Yeah, we're, we're going to sit, we're going to sit here and just, we're going to, we're going to rally around it. We're going to hear about pollinators and this, and I'm like... Dude, we get fucking drunk and talk about bugs. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know how you got that out of this. Uh, actually, I can see, but it's just like, so we're getting some. Fu- Did not we, not I, that I'm against that in, in any way, but it's just like, oh, so we got some fucking super left wing fucking dude that brought his family here to, to to listen to us like scream about environmental activism, and um, instead we're just getting drunk and talking about bugs. As a matter of fact, at that show, I got I got too drunk. <laughs> that, but I'd, li- I'd like to. I'd I, like to. I'd like to ask him how I he. I can't imagine that being true. I'd, I'd love <laughs> to see what his thoughts of the show was after, because like basically, I went on first, and typically, Andy and I will 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 switch off. Who goes first? Who goes second? And and then that pattern continues. Like if I go first, I'm just like fuck, dude. Kind of need a little bit of you know liquid encouragement, and I'll 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 drink a little bit of scotch. 
And uh, drink, like our like our noon noon beers I that drink, we're having I drink right some now. Scotch during it makes uh, it easier to talk during the during the 2017 Omaha Symposium some. at <laughs> at Outer Space. A bunch. Might and be so a by the, you know at the beginning I was kind of talking eloquently about bugs and about uh, specifically uh, Green Darn Dragonfly Annex Junius. Love those boys. And by the end of it, I was basically screaming and pointing at the screen. <laughs> and at the, the audience. Pe- at whoever was still left around. Yeah. And uh, I've been bouncing for years. Good time. Pointing is a, a is time. is a telltale. It's like sorry, I'm not I'm not gonna be like your your savior over here that's gonna rally around rally the troops. We up. are not a bleeding heart uh, We don't activate. preach we don't preach. Don't preach, man. No. Don't because do there's it. plenty of people out there and God bless them. That their whole thing is, you know, educating people about how to plant plants. To which we do. To, yes, we we do, but that's not our whole our whole thing. Like, but but yeah, protecting the monarch. Which and, we do. Uh, we, we talk about all this, but we don't preach. Yeah, we're not built we all don't. around that. We're built about around a general interest in the life around us. Yeah, you know, whatever yes. form that may take. But Absolutely. we focus on the invertebrate life around us. And I don't know if this is helpful or not, but I ran computer programming groups for a long time, and mm-hmm. I was, and people wouldn't come to them. And like, all you guys, we do this all day. Why wouldn't you come to it at night? And they're like, because we already worked on it all day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is that. I come guess. to your crap at night. I, I go yeah. home, so I don't have to think about what I do for a living anymore. Yeah, that that, that could be a see. I don't do bugs for a living. It's it's my ardent hobby. Yeah, see, because the because the jobs. Where you do bugs for a living are not super attractive. Well, it's agricultural. Agricultural. Right? You're working for Monsanto. You're figuring out how right. to kill them with them. But, yeah. the, but and, there's a lot and more people humans that are interested. at the same time. You know, that's a sinking ship that I don't want to get on. I don't know. I feel like we're pretty Genocide? close. <laughs> no, I'm just saying Monsanto. Ship. Oh, but my <laughs> friends that do work, my friends that do work as entomologists, <laughs> are working for companies Monsanto like that. And yeah, that. Around. I'm just saying that's a job in entomology that I would not want <laughs> because I think it might be a sinking ship at this point. The new, so as, what, well, the what, new asbestos. It's it's all it's all <laughs> that's all bioinformatics and figuring out uh-huh. uh, what exact genetic sequences of lines of whatever are best at pest control, right? That's mm-hmm. all about and all the because I didn't know the seed corn industry had gotten so in, in just jillions and jillions of lines of things and how bioinformatical that had gotten. But it's not really about knowing for sure, you know, the, the, the well, I guess it is a reproduction cycle, but the only ones they care about are the ones that are eating the crops, right? Right. You can so, yes, yeah, so do you yeah. have non-targeted species that are uh, being harmed? Absolutely you do. Sure. That, we knew that right away. So, uh, yeah, that's that's never something I've wanted to do. Never. But many of my friends are making fantastic livings, uh, working within the realm of agriculture, and uh, good for them. Well, and hopefully, and I mean, even like, like a and there and there's good things to do within agriculture too. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm not saying well, agriculture working for like a county general. extension office. Like absolutely, that's, that that would be. A I nice, love those dudes. That'd be a nice. Shout gig. out to backyard farmer. People bring spiders. Or what the fuck is this spider? Oh, that's this. Cool. That's, that's a what good I do gig. for my job. I wish I just that, identify species that people bring into me and yeah. do. And if I had reach, that job, I'd hold fun. on to it till I died. No shit. So uh, there's not a lot of them out there. It doesn't pay very much. No. 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 It doesn't. It's a state job. 
But mothing is free, right? Mothing is totally free. <laughs> mothing you can do right at your at your front porch. Bought, uh, one of my professors in Lincoln got a state record at his front porch. So yeah. that means it's the first time ever. First time anybody has species. ever reported it. Okay. You know, it's not the first time it's been here. I have seen it uh, <laughs> since then. But uh, yeah, report it. You might you get a state capture, record. You have to capture that specimen or not? Um, uh, if it depends on what it is. If it's something that's so obvious, like oh, that's that, mm. you can you could get a state record with a picture. Most of the time, you're 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 gonna need that voucher specimen, yeah. But um, you know, millennials they love being rewarded for shit, no matter how trivial. So millennials of the world, go out there and get yourself some state records and county records, <laughs> for sure. Let's see what's out there. Let's see what's out there and get a name for yourself. Yeah. You know, but. Just by walking outside. Is there a phone app like Pokemon Go that just kind of shows what you've seen? Like you can inventory your own stuff and, oh, hey, I last mm. saw that in July 2017. Pro- probably. Bug Bug Guide could be that for you, too. On your phone? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. you, but it's not an app. But I'm guessing there's probably somebody in the process of developing that right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and without knowing it, I bet there is an app out there. I just don't know. Because yeah. I, I do. I don't think there is. I do. I do collect <laughs> I get I I know what I've seen because I can walk down into my basement and look at the drawer and see them all, and I know when I saw them and when they, where they were because they're all tagged. But you know, and when I die, when my wife and I die, when when I die, and then twenty years later when my wife dies, uh, those specimens will go to a museum where they I know they'll be integrated right into the collection because they have the proper data. Can we should give a sh- a shout out to our wives? Yeah, for sure. What up, Natalie? Hallie, you're the shit. Love you both. Damn. The fact that you put up with with us is amazing. It's it's kind of crazy. They've been uh, selling merch <laughs> and beer at our shows for a long time. They're, the shows would not exist without them. Oh, did I meet one of your wives buying beer? Probably. A couple months Probably ago. Probably hung out with Hallie at, the last, at one of the last shows. She came to those. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So how big are the archives? Like, is the, the UNL... Libraries, a bunch of this stuff, or oh yeah, yeah. UNL so has like probably like a full of oh yeah, like a million, probably a million specimens, I think, or something like. That. I'm not, I'm not sure what the number is. Is I've, it open to the public, or how does that work? Um, it's not open to the public, but you could probably arrange that. I'm guessing. Um, it is on the fourth floor of a building that most students at UNL only go to if they're. I think it's like. A, architecture or something on the map. I don't even remember. But I worked at the parasitology lab, same kind of thing. Um, uh, it was just a large collection of nematodes and tapeworms and things. I worked on ticks and mites because, and when I say worked on, I mean counted and separated into individual files. is a student job. But uh, yeah, the entomology collection is very impressive. I've been there many times and uh, it smells like mothballs. As it should. Any good collection should. As your old house did. <laughs> the basement does right now because I have all the drawers out. It's all but, right. You know, I, I mean, you got to keep got to keep the domestic beetles away. Otherwise. I feel like, you're doing, you're like your new house is not so like mothballs, but your old one, it just did. I don't know, man. I mean, you know. Nothing, you go nothing no, wrong you, with that? You go nose blind to it. I honestly, like, because it smelled like that, it's like, yeah, this, this guy knows what the fuck is. That's like, the smell of a entomologist. What's happening? Yeah. Well, well, wait. So mothballs keep moths away. Right? They keep moths away. <laughs> so you want? Um, they also keep other things away too, like dermestid beetles. 
Dermestic carpet beetles, carpet that you might beetles, see. little teeny tiny things that will orange, white, black spotted beetles. They're very tiny, and their larvae are kind of spiky, almost kind of like a ladybug larvae. You'll see them in the corners of your bathroom, or like on a mop, or like on a Swiffer sweeper. They're everywhere. They're we, uh, certainly in your curtains. Too, yeah, you they're all over too. the place. They feed on uh, carpet. Yeah, car- uh, organic material. Carpet right? munching beetles. Yeah. Yes. carpet munching beetles uh, called dermestids. Yeah, they would love to get in and decimate any collection of pendant insects. Um, also, turn ta- it to taxidermy. dust. Taxidermy. Yeah, turn it, it turns to dust. into like a fine dust. Oh, so it smells like, but hold on. So it keeps yeah. the bugs away, but then it's used in the preservation. It's an insecticide. Yeah. Yes. So I, so so I have oh, a so the, I have a drawer of pinned insects. Okay. Uh, so the bugs that are dead aren't leaving, but it's keeping <laughs> bugs that are still alive correct. away from eating the dead bugs. Yes. Correct. Oh, Got okay. It. This is all making sense to me now. I was yep. trying to figure out. I would like, think I would have thought an entomologist yeah. would hate. You have mothballs in your collection box. Like, yes, yes, that, would be a, that would be a trigger warning for the I actually, here, here's what's fucked up, man. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, so we've, we've already established I don't collect a lot of bugs. I don't pin a lot of bugs. But I had one uh, species of a bug planted, the eastern dobson fly. Good God. Like, do you know the when people ask scientific me name? what my favorite bug is, I say it's a fucking dobson fly. Do you know the scientific name? Do me the favor, please. Cory Dallas Cornutus. Yes, Cory Dallas. East, Cory Dallas. Yes. Eastern... Eastern Dobson fly. So, uh, I had it for years in a little box, and I eventually took it to a place with, with to, to the Union for Contemporary Arts, so that I could do a little bit of a uh, photogram with it with a buddy of both Andy and I's. Yeah, Joe, Joe Addison, Addison. fantastic photographer. Check Boom. out his work. Fucking yeah, putting that one out. Check there. out his photogram, Joe. And <laughs> we love Joe. Joe, Joe designed the only the reason I did that is because there's a microphone in front of my face. Fucking Joe Addison, boy! Yeah. Oh, oh, he, that <laughs> sorry. All right. So, so I'm topping out. Topping out. So is what's <laughs> crazy? <laughs> it's not. It's super not effective. No, but if, but if Joe's listening, he's laughing. So. <laughs> As he usually does at our shows at the late late love night part. Yeah. So what's really weird is like I took I took the bug out. You placed it on top of a photosensitive <laughs> material and then put it back in the box. Within a week, the whole thing turned to dust. Yeah. Because apparently, within the old building of the Union, there were just the carpet beetles. Some places All have them over. worse than others. All over, I can, man. I can be... And like, they weren't, they weren't you know, an issue with emulsification things and like pieces of wood and photography equipment and like... Not a big deal, but they see a bug and they just a dead Dobson fly that I meticulously pinned. It, it was a beautiful. It was good. It, it was, was good. it was a really good one. I don't do that. Oh, I was imagining a little sealed one by one inch little box. I took it out and put it oh, on. These, these are huge. They're, these things. Oh are yeah, big. yeah. Dobson, Dobson big. fly is four inches across. What? This is male. Easy. Their Easy. body is teeny tiny. Their wings are like twice as big as their body. Their mandibles are also twice as big as their body. So you got the mandibles and the wings. They're a huge fucking bug, and they're terrifying looking. But all all the male uses those mandibles for is to hold onto the mate uh, onto the female mate while he gets it on. That's all he does with it. The female can bite you. 
their larvae are called helgramites. They live in the they live in the water for three years. They'll bite the fuck out of you. Yes, they're it, all over. They're in the Missouri River. They're in lakes. They're in really? creeks. They're everywhere. Yeah, they're but great. they are they are like one of those bugs. One where, of my favorite where bugs? you have it, and uh, it was probably second in line to be the logo. Well, guess what. Um, it is going to be a type of logo, like yeah, when we we're going to work diversifying. But this one, same yeah. same with the beetle that is on our logo, yeah. is like just that Your one of Lucanus those Lucanus Elephas, Lucanus Elephas, Indian Cave. Uh, That's where this of, fucking bug came from. It's one of those bugs. That is this like, this is a state record. This is a it's state not record. Size. A state record. Maybe the big. May, it could be one of the. We need sorry we, size state record. size correct size. Size. Is the biggest? It's the biggest one. recorded in Nebraska that we know. Well, we don't. We don't. That's we, why I say recorded. I know we can't say that officially yet. I'm just saying recorded. We got to go down to the recorded museum. by us. Okay, by us. <laughs> right? Yeah. On this podcast, and sure. you fucking know a, a, a lot about the other I mean, recordings. So, so here, here's where I'm at right now. I'm just thinking. I'm like, as long as you're gonna keep saying that, I better get. Rekindle my contacts at the yeah, museum I might, I might and ask for some millimeters. For ask for some millimeters <laughs> on what they have, because if we can say that, I want to say that because it is. Find that? It's huge. Is I mean, this thing is probably like that. Like last year, uh, two years ago. It was two. Two years ago. Okay. So when you see something huge like that in Nebraska, do you want to let it live or do you want to pin it? Ah, good question. Ooh. This Talking one the photographer to the collector. Well, this one was pinned because it was the culmination We're of a journey. Uh, that's a Spock quote, I think. But Vulcan sea death is a culmination. We're, we're of a on journey. the same page. Okay, as but far the culmination as... of a journey. I mean that I went down to Indian Cave fifty times. Okay, fifty times looking for this particular beetle. I had been there on nights when other people had caught it. The funniest of which was one time it flew into this girl's hair. And she was freaking out and is all tangled up. And she was asking people to help her get is it out. Hair she's, blue? Like, she's like, get it out, get it out, get it out. But reminding them that it was her beetle. <laughs> like, it's the crown jewel insect. If that's a big one, yeah, that's it's yours. the crown jewel insect for sure. And I finally caught it after so many, so many attempts. And so I did pin that one. This year, I have had insane luck going out with some real hardcore entomologists. Uh, shout out to. Uh, Stephen, Tony, and Alex. Uh, one night we caught seven of them. I brought them home, and uh, they have been mating at my house. <laughs> this is Which my, I can't believe I didn't look at. This is my first. Well, there's not For much to see sake. anymore because the adults are dying. Uh, I eventually I still want to see your setup. Yeah, you you can. It's I very much trial and error. Not we'll do a, it, we'll it, do hasn't, it, on the it hasn't been great, but. Uh, eventually, I hope to ha- be rearing these myself, uh, which would be amazing. It's my first attempt at it, and we're—it's it, a two-year process. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, you have the—they have a mate. Hope that the female lays eggs. You have to wait until after she dies because the eggs are too fragile for you to go looking for them. So you got to wait until they hatch. Once they do hatch, you have to separate each one of those larvae into separate containers, otherwise they'll eat each other. Wow. But hopefully at the end of this, I'll have all these amazing uh, beetles. So you don't know if she's laid eggs? No idea. I can only hope. 
Yeah. So how, do you, how do you know uh, if you can't get in there because they're too fragile? They have been separate. on top of each other. Oh, so yeah, they, yeah. They've probably mated. Oh, yeah. She's probably, her eggs she have probably been she, fertilized. She could have been, she could have been mated when I put her in there already. Yeah, I, I feel, I feel pretty good. Like, you kept them alive for so long. But I've had some issues with fungus and other things. In certain containers, that, not all. That can be, a sh- that, that can hurt the eggs. Yes, it certainly can. Yes, so we'll can. see, but one of them is uncontaminated. Okay. Okay. And good. quarantined. That's good. One that's of the what, adults. One, uh, one of the one of my breeding boxes. Oh, okay. uh, breeding box. I there's a book. There's a book that tells you how to do all this. Uh, it's like whenever you ask anybody, like, do you have that book? And that book's like sixty bucks, and my wife won't let me buy it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm waiting. You um, haven't like tried to Google the PDF online. There's no free. PDF. Oh, it's a, it it is a independent Google Books. Just like screen print every page. It's an independent. It's an independent <laughs> publication. Stephen has a copy. Send it to me. I told you I'd pay for shipping. Stephen. Steve. Come on, Stephen. Uh, yeah. I, you know, you get every single entomology book costs like sixty bucks. You can't have them all. At I would least. love to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you have uber-specific publications like that, it's like, yeah, I'm going to charge you, hmm, I don't know, 100 bucks. Field guide to tiger beetles. It's educational. Bucks. Yeah. You know you need it. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you want it. <laughs> Buy it. Would you write a book? Then you'd have copies. Uh, you know, let's write a book. Field yeah. guide or something? What yeah, should it be? We'll, we'll do a field guide at some point. All right. We Deal. Got enough, we got enough photos for it, for fuck's sake. I mean, I've been taking photos of bugs in Omaha and Council Bluffs. There are no, there are for no like over ten years. No so. Nebraska centric ones, except for uh, a book that my wife and I refer to as the Bible, called the Scarabioid Beetles of Nebraska. We'll call it. We'll call it the Brett Missouri Ratcliffe and and oh. Matt Paulson, yeah. Doctor Brett Ratcliffe. We could call it the Neb Iowa Missouri River Bugs. That is the worst title for a book I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not very descriptive of what it is. Yeah, no, breeding oh boxes and me might be. <laughs> yeah, oh we're talking about breeding boxes. I don't know. That's I, a I think title. I think I think whatever we do should probably be more of a pop culture publication, condensed versions of things we've talked about in the because we talk about all kinds of things over the. Over, how many shows have we done together now? Like eight or nine, something like that. Well, yeah, um, pet shop is. Eventually, pet shop counts as four, man, yeah, because we put we put we put work into all four of us. But yeah, eventually, I think we'll yeah, get to the eight. point where we could do some some good little. Right, be cool to essays. it'd be cool to have like a a field guide, even if it's like a pamphlet. Well, I think with field guides, on, field guide, it's tough to it's it's tough to know who those are for. You know, that's for people that want to identify bugs that don't know shit about bugs. Well, they don't want to use uh, Bug Guide. Why would you? <laughs> or Google. Guys, use a Bug Guide. Bug Guide. I fucking bug. use bug, bug Google. Guide. That's how I identify my bugs. Bugguide.net. If you've never been there, please yeah. go there. It's a fantastic website. It, that, don't that, buy shit to help you identify bugs. Just go on the fucking internet. I have a black nah, beetle that has long antennae nah. and white stripes. You literally type that in, it will, it will come up, and you will see the identification. Boom, you're good. You don't need to pay for anything. Uh, that, Internet's amazing. Yeah, usually, I guess usually if it's something that you're seeking the identification for, it's probably something large and. There's striking. a weird. There's a weird beetle. I was in Spain uh, a couple weeks ago. There's this. We were we were in this guy's um, 
we were, we were at a vineyard. We were in this guy's place where he stores the wine, and it was like the cellar where he had wine that was from like hundreds of years ago, and you just keep like at, well, not hundred, but like hundred years ago, and he just keeps adding wine to it so as as it evaporates and such. That's not the story. The story is he had this little fucking flap door on the floor, and there was a goddamn giant beetle in the bottom of this like five foot trap door thing that he had in his cellar and I thought I was taking pictures of it I was like what the fuck is this and he he couldn't speak very good English and he was just like I don't I don't know I don't know what that is I don't know he's just like I I think think maybe a little bit I think he was a little bit embarrassed that there was like a giant fucking beetle in this six foot hole in his cellar and so I googled Spanish Cellar Beetle. And that's literally the name of the fucking book. I just used those terms. It was in a cellar, it was in Spain, and it was a beetle. And that's fucking what it was. Word. European, not even Europe, just Cellar Beetle. They live in fucking Spain, so. We're family. <laughs> Dude. We'll talk about it later, I guess. Dude, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Right. So did you jump down the six-foot hole to go get that book? I was so close, but it, I, I did not want to... Take away from the things that he was showing us, and our, the fact that I took photos of this beetle in the cellar, I felt I felt bad enough that I was doing that. But I took a dead Get I took a dead bug. bug from Spain. I didn't I don't want to take live beetles. I don't want to. I didn't have anything to kill them with, anyways. So a freezer? No, we had we had a shitty in Zaragoza. We had a shitty uh, fridge that we couldn't even figure out how to plug in. There was some weird shit going on with mm. it. We put some stuff in it, some beer in it, and it. We later on in the night, we we opened it up and it was hot. You got liquor. We had wine. Yeah, well, that would probably do it too. We had wine. You drown them in liquor. All oh, I'm saying is, rub it in their face. Type the description yeah, of a bug them. into Google, and you got it. Field guide, boom, right there. Yeah, so don't write a field guide. You got guide. it. Yeah. No, we'll still write a field guide. It'll be fun. <laughs> we'll I mean, that would it. be fun. Yeah, it's, people still want to buy field guides. But, you know, for people like us that want free shit, that's how you get free shit. Mm. So if you could go anywhere in the world and look at bugs, where would you go? Is that like the Amazon well, rainforest or no. where is it? Well, I mean, sure, probably. Uh, but I think there's uh, there's Costa Rica. There's uh, Malaysia. What would you for be looking for? Fuck's sake. Like specific things? No. No. I, I, there, there is there's a high abundance, high diversity of all kinds of super exotic shit that I will never see here and that I only see on fucking Facebook all the time. Yeah. Andy's been to fucking Costa Rica. I have been to Costa Rica and the stuff that you're looking for, there's even better stuff that you didn't even know existed. Yeah. I mean, like, I went there looking for specific things and I saw them. I saw the blue morpho butterflies and things like that. You know, the things you see at the zoo that you know about. When I was in it's Spain, the stuff you didn't know about that that blows your mind. When, when I was in Spain, I was looking for the conehead mantids, which are like this super exotic oh, the, floral, the unicorn. very pretty uh, praying mantis species. And um, I did I didn't have enough time to go search for them. I found I came across a uh, grasshopper that was probably like four inches long. That like when it flew around, maybe not that long, but like when it flew, it looked like a fucking bird, mm. and I just I hunted it, I hunted it in uh, amongst the wine, amongst the the the, the grapevines, and every time I get close, it would jump up and go somewhere else and jump up. I could never get a photo of this mm. fucking elusive, amazing looking thing. So like, I mean, I guess I'd love to go to certain places, 
But dude, bugs are everywhere. Bugs are in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Not the same bugs, bugs though, right? Like, do you have a dream oh, bug? Oh, sure. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would love to go to some places that are that are exotic and have tons of bugs. Like in Costa Rica, you stay, you can stay by the beach, or you can stay by uh, the fucking forest. Yeah. If you stay in the forest, you are getting inundated with bugs all day long, no matter what. Like people are sweeping the fucking walkways yeah. of bugs, like sweeping them out. Bugs and, uh, that people pay good money for here. Bugs that you see in the zoo. I mean, they just come yeah. everywhere. Wait, are we? But like, <laughs> but the, the the cool the cool thing about like someone like me, I guess that like is constantly looking for, like I carry my backpack everywhere I go, and I'm always taking photos of bugs. Mm. They're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere. You're, you're... And I I constantly see shit that I've never seen before in a fucking in Omaha. Really? Like I will I will. Go to a bar that I like to go to, and I will lay on the floor with my stomach on the floor, just the taking, patio, just the taking fucking patio. photos of of a bug that landed on the ground for like half an hour. People come out like, okay, nope, not gonna smoke a cigarette. I'm just gonna keep on going back. What the fuck is that guy doing? Bugs are everywhere. If you like bugs, plant flowers that are supposed to be here. Plant plants that are supposed to be here, and just let the bugs come. They, if you build it, they will come. There are species of plants that I, in my work, I go out while I'm you know, doing wetland surveys, and I'll see plants, and I'll see bugs on those plants, and I'll, I'll put some of those plants into my backyard. And those fucking bugs that I've never seen in Omaha in my entire life come because that fucking plant is there. And it's, it's yeah. pretty ridiculous. Like, you know, yeah, that amazes me that monarchs... Uh, they, they, they find it. They yeah. come down. That, that somehow you, all, you, you plant, uh, what is it, the monarchy? What's the... Milkweed. Milkweed, yeah. You put milkweed up in, in the middle of the city, butterflies all of a sudden. Well, you it's know like, what's what fucking funny? I don't know how they, they do that. You, you, don't, you don't, like, if, if someone... just not congregating? And... They, were, someone... they, they were when we were kids. That, yeah. that is a tragic one about the monarchs is, like, growing up, they were everywhere. They were like the, they were like the white and yellow butterflies that are everywhere that everybody knows. The sulfurs, you know, the monarchs were everywhere. But you uh, know, milkweed just used to people used to let it go. You don't need to plant milkweed because there is they a species. Feed, yeah, they, there's a species that grows on everyone's fences uh, and everyone's bushes around here, and it's called honey vine milkweed. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, the only person in the entire world that will <laughs> encourage you to keep it. I don't. I, I. I'm not advocating to let it take over your entire garden, but I will tell you what there is a and, and it's. So all the milkweed plants with the nice flowers that we see, that's of the genus Asclepius. Honey vine milkweed isn't an Asclepius plant. It's not Asclepius syriaca, not Asclepius whatever the fuck. It's not Asclepius, but it's a fucking milkweed. It has the milky latex. It's of the family. It's, it's still within the dogbane and milkweed family. And guess what? Fucking monarchs will lay eggs on it. Their larvae will eat it. They will sequester the poisons the toxins that make them toxic and they can be monarchs on a plant that no one even needs to grow mm-hmm. and a lot of people tear this vine down it's, it's the big pot you know like a big pod like there's like vines these tiny little white flowers you see on kind of heart shaped chain link fence leaves and these big old fucking pods and then you know they they open up and they, they go everywhere in the fall makes what poisonous they eat the what and uh, it makes them poisonous yeah. Well, well, so monarch, monarch caterpillars, they feed... I'm just it. saying, there's a plant 
that is already here, and it's a fucking established native weed. People people attribute the term weed to this thing, and it is a weed. It's a weed. What the fuck ever? Let's. If you want to talk about, I like weeds. If you want to talk about weeds, <laughs> I will tell you the the pejorative definition of a weed and the real definition of a, what oh, weed shit. really is. But mm. I will tell you. Here it comes. Honey vine milkweed feeds monarchs. There's nectar and pollen for the fucking pollinators. Nectar for the fucking adults to come eat. And it's a substrate for them to lay their eggs on. And it's good food for the larvae. It's a fucking good food. That's probably one of the other reasons why they haven't gone completely extinct. Because there's tons of weeds around here that they can fucking eat. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't feel too bad about people that don't plant milkweed because that shit Well, is I'm just saying if you're, if you're going to feed the monarchs, you can do better than honey vine milkweed. You can... Can you? Yes, you can. Uh, guess, what? Oh, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Let me just tell you this. I have to pee. So there's one... There, there is one <laughs> scientific literature article about... Uh, the uh, or, about about where the, are we at? Um, we're at an hour and a half. <laughs> wow! <laughs> we better get the fuck out of here. I, I, I'll just say you this though: there is there is evidence that shows that that is just as good as Asclepias syriaca. Okay. As far as food for larvae, food for adults, it's <sighs> just as good. You're just gonna say just okay? I thought you were gonna fight back. No, 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 no. I'm just gonna good. say your average. It's, it's your, only one article. Your average <laughs> gardener is going to also take into account. Whether it is good for them, so may, oh, sure. So so what if butterfly milk? What's good is this plant is so opportunistic; it grows everywhere. So what if, what if, what if find it wherever butterfly milkweed, Asclepias or Asclepias, as you say, tuberosa, is ninety percent, eighty percent is good. Somewhere in there, so much prettier, oh, so much easier to manage. It's like tiger lilies. You can choose where you want it to be. And it does not go crazy, and and, and like I, I I support your the beauty your, of honey vine milkweed is you can choose where it is because it grows everywhere, and so you just tear it down where you don't want it to grow and let it go everywhere. Well, where it likes to grow is where I usually tear things down, which is would be a chain link fence. Well, it grows everywhere, but it doesn't fuck up a chain link fence like a volunteer tree does. Fuck no, neighbor, no. talking about you, buddy. Oh man, good thing he's gone. <laughs> yeah, see you later, buddy. <laughs> Well, that was, I thought we were going to go full blown milkweed rumble there. I thought. We, I mean, we. I, never had to, I don't think uh, you, you, you guys can't. are way too reasonable with. Oh this no, time. we're only you like can't. we. Yeah, we 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 can keep growing about that. But I, so I don't have a. Chain, I like it. I, I like I a sleepiest. I don't have a I chain link fence. Sleepiest. Mainly, my fence is a six foot wooden privacy fence where honey vine milkweed doesn't would not like to grow. So I don't have Still it. Surprises me. Neighbor does. Neighbor does on his chain link fence. It just gives it more options. Um, but I do butterfly milkweed, which milkweed, the one thing I will say, the fastest growing uh, plant in popularity in nurseries. Like what used to be a weed, your dad or your mom, if they lived in the country or even if they lived in the city, probably one of their chores was chopping down the milkweed because it is a very successful uh, weed now, yeah, Syriaca, it, it, it's it's rhizonymous. It'll just keep popping up all over the place. Yeah, so yeah. different places every year. Common milkweed, yeah, with those big, beautiful uh, yeah, purple. It's not that flowers. ugly. But it's actually quite a pretty plant, and there are even more pretty varieties or species like butterfly milkweed, tuberosa, which is oh my god, it's great. Totally like some, recommended garden. That's plant. like a tiger lily. 
Like this that has big, that coloration. Beautiful, much smaller. But... Orange flowers on a bush. Yep. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> and once you get it going, they're there forever. So right, you well, got it. Omaha Bug, I want to give him his break. So we got to at least take a break or wrap up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Should we wrap up or take a break? We should probably wrap up okay. as an hour and a yeah, half. Yeah, because you got to get going, man. <laughs> well, Go yeah, we started early, though, so I'm good. Okay. But anyway, yeah, Omaha Bug Symposium. So I'll, I'll definitely link to uh, the Facebook group. So if you're not on the Omaha Bug Symposium Facebook, that's a symposium, sorry, Facebook. That's one place to be. Where else should yes. they be? They need to be in... Uh, next weekend, the next weekend is our first foray into doing the show in the wild, Indian, Cave, Indian State Cave State Park. Park. If you live in Omaha, that is going just, to be about an hour and a half. Yeah, hour and a half. Hour come, and a half. Come hang out with us and look at bugs. I and look at so just that gorgeous Because if you go to the fucking Omaha Bug Symposium, you're probably like bugs. Come, come look at bugs. Yes, yeah. I mean, please do. Most of our material is generated really, at this park. I'm really so, bummed I'm going to miss this one, so please do another one. <laughs> oh, we, we well, you I, know, I want to say that we will. Uh, I, oh no, I'm we guessing we definitely will. will. And maybe we won't do it, do it during uh, National Moth Week. Maybe we could just do it like June's, before it. June's, June's, and then we could do June's an actual better. Omaha Moth. I agree. Well, but we're, we not, like, we're not going to see things. And then we could do like an actual Omaha Moth Night uh, event. You know, yeah. like, like we did last year at Midtown Art. We're shout just gonna, out. Yeah, shout out. Have we Tenart, covered Matt all Carpenter. of our shout-outs? Fuck, right. dude. Love that guy. Yeah. Matt Carpenter doing a great thing there. We just outgrew his venue. That's all. Yeah. That's it. That's where we used I, to do our show. I Yeah. yeah that, that's debatable. But either way. We did. So you guys on Twitter or what other We are not on Twitter, uh, uh, but uh, or, they I should mean, keep they a should close know. eye because yeah, we, we will be... Are you not on Twitter? You're on Instagram. Yeah, I'm on Instagram, uh, okay. but I'm on Instagram. Are we on Instagram? No. I don't have Instagram. We are on Facebook, uh, but we are working very, very, very hard on our new foray uh, into the internet, which is our YouTube channel, oh, nice. which is going to be us in the wild. And by us, I mean me right now, but it will be us eventually. Well, you, you will be doing do some YouTube shit. You should do a Netflix special. You should have the Netflix guys come out and... Video a ton of your live stuff. I mean, <laughs> that would be sweet. I would love that. Then, <laughs> then, then mom and dad would take this shit seriously. But, <laughs> uh, you know, YouTube first. Baby steps. Yeah, yeah. You need videographer people that know what they're doing. Yeah. The we don't have that. That's why it's going to suck. No, I'm just kidding. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome. You mean your iPhone isn't good enough? It is not an iPhone. I do not want the internet to think that I have an iPhone. I okay. do not. I have a Samsung Galaxy S8, which I love. I have a Android. Yes, a, Android for life. I, I have a Fuck POS. Apple. How do you do? Yeah, Android. Yeah. Android. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Your monthly payment is probably zero. So, uh, so I'll get all the show notes organized as best I can. I'm out of town tonight, but I'll be back uh, tomorrow. I'll try to get it up Sunday, Monday. I we'll want to get it up for sure, real early, so that it gets out before. Yeah, it's great. The cool. weekend, you know. Yeah, so. I will say this though. So also. Um, so the next actual event that we're are you have, rolling anymore? Still rolling. Oh, the next right. event that we're going to have is October sixth. Uh, you 6th. can say that date all you want, but we do not have a venue. <laughs> How Just, about our next show is on in October? It's a, it's going to be October sixth, Saturday, at Dave's house. I dude, you know what's funny? Of them I would love to have it at one of our it's houses. Not I'd love to see what happens with that. Uh, what happens with that? You probably get divorced. Well, I'm just saying, in general, 
to have it at like a house. Yeah. That house would be interesting. Party. That would be interesting. <laughs> Maybe we'll have it at Jay's house. Jay's house looks oh, fucking man. great. We have a poker know. tournament. We could have a Rubik's Cube tournament. This would be good. <laughs> I like... Uh, dude, I used to fucking roll with that 4 by 4 Rubik's Cube. Just so you know. Speed cubes. Hell yeah. Dude, I used to have a lot of fun with that 4 by 4 Really? Four. Yeah. yeah. I even like took it apart like put like fucking lube in it so I could oh, yeah. do it faster. So these, these are cheap and they're, they're way better than Rubik's. So. Yeah, that oh, was like, God, that's that was fucking like loose. Eight bucks on, and that's not nice. So they they do, like you said, they do a graphite, I think, lubrication, and then there's also they put your, neodymium. Your yeah, okay, <laughs> All right, thanks. It's important. Uh, I mean, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. No. Hey, uh, <laughs> Facebook awesome. group. Anything else that they should follow? Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, just Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. 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 If anything else gets just added, Google we'll tell you about it on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Google Omaha Bug Symposium. I guarantee you're not going to find anything else. Yeah, we're getting there on <laughs> social media. We're older. no, no one oh. else is named that. You're going to be True. safe just by googling it. All right, like, awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming. I really appreciate Thank you, Jay. it. Yeah, thanks, Jay. Toodles. <laughs> Stop. Oh, so then Dave made really cool sound effects with a super awesome camera rig. So these sound really, really cool if you've got headphones on. So here, listen to this. All right. Oh, getting some B-roll. Sound effects. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do I have to license those from you? Or those no. Like-